Hey guys, welcome to Millennials at the Movies. I'm Amy. And I'm Novi, and today's movie is Bye Bye Birdie. According to Amazon, in this tuneful parody of Elvis Presley, Conrad Birdie is a wildly popular 50s rock and roll star. Conrad's manager Albert and Albert's devoted secretary Rosie arranged for Conrad to make a dramatic final appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show on the eve of his joining the army. It is not streaming anywhere, but you can rent or purchase it from many digital streaming sites. On Rotten Tomatoes, the audience gave it a 39, but there weren't enough ratings from critics critics to compile a score. I keep picking those. <laughs> you do. It's like it's your favorite genre. Just is that a separate genre of movie? Like the, the one that no one's nobody's seen. seen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love that. Um, first of all, I went in to this not paying attention to the year. So I thought it was like the old Bye Bye Birdie. And I was like, oh, shit, I have to watch this shitty movie now. Not to say that it is necessarily a shitty movie. I've never seen it. So if you're a fan out there, I'm not knocking your movie. But it's an old movie and I'm not a big fan of those. Uh, and then I was like, oh, 95 Bye Bye Birdie. This could be better, especially because Jason Alexander is in it. And I will say the uh, original is very different. There are certain songs that aren't in it. There are certain songs that are arranged very differently. It's somewhat enjoyable, but a lot of members of the old cast even hate it. They say, <laughs> oh, yeah, they cut our best scenes so they could give Anne Margaret as Kim more time. And we fucking hate that. Not their uh, exact words, but <laughs> that sucks, though. Um, and again, I haven't seen that one, but um, yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect. I had zero expectations going into this because I didn't even know there was like a remake or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's got so many different storylines within the movie. Um, and I think that made it really enjoyable for me because there's like multiple love stories. There's a love story between Albert and Rose. There's um, Kim and uh, Hugo F. Peabody. Um, I don't know why I insist on saying his full name every time. Um, but yeah, there's that. But then there's also the whole like rock star Conrad Birdie story, um, plus families. And it's just there's a lot going on within the movie, which I think makes it really, really fun rather than if they had just focused on the love story and Conrad. And that was it. That would have been weird um, or not weird, but just not as enjoyable, I think. It would have, and we'll get into this a little, but some of the stories are a little more successful than others. I agree, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I am I will start by saying I was pleasantly surprised um, by this movie. Like, I was like, okay, for me, anyway, musicals are either, like, really good, or I'm just like, wow, okay, that was a waste of my time. And this is, like, what, a two-hour movie, basically? Oh, um, so I think 2.15. Oh, goody. Even better. So, yeah, here I was like, okay, nobody's making me waste two hours of my life on this. Fine. Um, but so I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. Uh, but I did. I enjoyed it. I liked a lot of things about it. Um, and you said that there's some songs that were like either different or cut from the original movie or that like are in this one. Um, I don't know which ones they are, but I'm I'm really happy with the music choices in this. Um, for the most part, anyway. Um, so I'm really glad that they chose to use everything that they use because, like, I can't imagine any of the songs really being cut from it and it being as good. <laughs> well, my very favorite song wasn't even in the original of it. So mm -hmm. it was in the original stage show, but it wasn't in the original movie. Oh. And 
it would have been a much worse film without that song. However, I can think of probably two or three long scenes in this movie that could have been cut that I would not have missed. And it would have been a nice hour 50. And that would have been a perfect movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that was the number one thing for me was like of what I didn't enjoy was that it was just too long. And some of the scenes just dragged a little bit. And then also some of the scenes didn't require music. I thought I can't like think of specific ones, but I just remember like watching it and going, okay, I know it's a musical, but this was a weird time for a song. Um, It wasn't awful, but I just, I thought it could have been better without. But what is your favorite song? I'm curious about that. My favorite song is A Mother Doesn't Matter Anymore. (laughs) That is a good one. It was not only hilarious, but Tyne Daly did such a great job as May in this movie. Mm -hmm. And May, let's get that out of the way, is a shitty person. Yep. (laughs) And it takes someone special to get not only how abrasively shitty she is, but how subtly shitty she is. Mm. And uh, I think it brought something extra because Tyne Bailey could not get the lip syncing down in this movie. So they basically told her, okay, well, you can just actually sing. And it comes through in the scene like she actually is singing it. Awesome. But in a part of that song, she says, bang, you get the knife while doing a gun (laughs) motion with her hands. And... That is the subtle humor that she brings, and it's just so great. Yeah, I like that one too. That was uh, that was up there for me for best songs. She overall, she is the one character I was just like, oh my gosh, I hate you so much through the entire movie. But also, I'm so glad you're in this movie because you're hilarious in every single scene. Like there was not a scene that she was in where I was just like, oh, go away. And she was actually my favorite character. Her interactions with with Rose were so perfect, Mm -hmm. where she's just progressively getting meaner and meaner as she realizes that her son likes her. Like, oh, what a catch you'd be for an older man. (laughs) Like, it's it's a wonder a convalescent doesn't snatch you up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she was, like, awful but hilarious, so we could let go of the you know awfulness of her no I couldn't though I I still hated her but I also still loved her no she's absolutely awful super racist mean Mm -hmm. she she sat down next to a foreign woman at the train station and started yelling (laughs) about how rude foreign people are (laughs) and a horrible character great character to watch yeah I agree and yeah the actress did a hell of a job um I I had such a hard time choosing a favorite song because I liked so many of them. But I settled on uh, What Did I Ever See in Him? I'm guessing on song titles, by the way, just based on lyrics. Um, but I just really, really, really loved that performance so much with Rosie, like, packing her suitcase, just throwing a bunch of stuff in there and so pissed off and singing this song about how he's the worst and why did I ever like him? What is it about him that made me fall for him and all this stuff? And then Kim starts to be like, wait, you know, you're right, me too. And it's just like, Hugo hadn't even done anything really to her, like, that, like, especially compared to what Rosie had been through with Albert, which we'll come back to. Um, but, like, I love the, I don't know, the girls singing together about how much they hated guys. That that was really fun for me. <laughs> it was fun. And 
there is really not a comparison between Albert and Rose and Hugo and Kim. No. Hugo and Kim seem like they should never have been together at the beginning. Like, he's kind of annoying and needy, but Mm. she is such an asshole to him when she doesn't require him for something. I can't imagine why he gave her his pin outside of the fact that she's pretty. Oh, did did he need more of a reason than that? (laughs) I I guess not. (laughs) Just they don't seem compatible, and they both seem to know that. Mm Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, well, you're the best I've got kind of thing for both of them. It might just be that I do not like Kim. Ooh. Uh, I think she was written well. I Mm -hmm. think Shanna Phillips did a great job playing her. I think it was the perfect, annoying, obnoxious, self-important 17-year-old girl who (laughs) understands nothing about anything. Mm Mm-hmm. I hate that. <laughs> At some yeah, point, I, she's like, I am a fully grown woman, and I intend on being treated as such. It's like, LOL, okay, kitten. <laughs> yeah, I think they did a really good job with that, though. And it, knowing that she was this, you know, teenage girl who has no idea what the hell she's doing, but she's kind of stuck in between the, like, I'm a child, but also I'm an adult, or I want to be anyway. Um And then just, like, whining about things, but also, like, she calls her parents by their names. And then suddenly when she realizes that Conrad Birdie is going to come here to kiss her, she's just like, Mommy! And I'm like, I think they did a really good job with it. So I didn't like her, but I didn't ever get to the point of really, really hating her. um, Because I think it was, I don't know, I think it was, like, played up really well. And it just made it funny instead of annoying to me. Yeah, I can see that. I think as a choice of hiring, she was slightly odd. I don't Mm. think she did a bad job with the role at all, as I said, but she was significantly older than all of the other teenagers they cast in the movie. Uh So to see her standing with all the people that are supposed to be her friends in her school and her boyfriend, it's just like, oh, this (laughs) is Dawson's Creek casting. You can't just put (laughs) pigtails on her and expect us to not know she's 30. Well, maybe it was because Conrad Birdie was so old and they had to have her at some point, like, be... I don't even think they, like, fully kissed, but, like, he's supposed to be kissing up on her neck and stuff. So maybe they were like, oh, maybe we shouldn't hire a 17-year-old girl to get that part. <laughs> okay, Conrad Birdie is Rex Manning in gold leather. <laughs> like, he's yeah. insincere, yeah. he's kind of hot, and also kind of a douchebag. And I love him so much. <laughs> you would. I do. I have a type. It's always bad. It really is, though. I I had I went like back and forth between liking him and then just outright hating him. At at the very beginning, I was like, "Oh, poor guy. He doesn't even get a chance to talk." Because every time they were asking questions when we first see him, I I think it's the first scene. Um, and uh, Albert and Rose are like stepping in and answering the questions for him, not even giving him a chance to, which later I understand why they would do that because it's best not to let him answer his own questions probably. Um, But so I felt bad for him there. And then I think the scene I hated him most in was when he comes out of the room and they've like made him this breakfast and he like just starts opening up cans of beer and gulping them down and is like, don't wake or don't call me down for lunch or whatever. And then he goes back to his room. Just all of that made me hate him but then this is like jumping around in the movie but um 
he when he goes out to like meet some chicks I guess is what he calls it and you get to see him kind of have fun and be friends with all these people all these like young people and you can see he's really enjoying himself and you and like I had a moment where I was like oh I actually I get it like he behaves the way he behaves because all he has is a bunch of people screaming in his face all the time and the second that you get to see him be around a bunch of young people who are not screaming in his face he like relaxes and has a really good time and is good to them and has fun with them and that side of him I really really liked and now, then he got punched in the face. I love <laughs> both of the scenes that you said you hated about him. I think they set up his character really well and mm. the way people reacted to him. His introduction in the train station is perfect because he, the teenage girls have been trained to be all cutesy and cut him off every time he's about to punch a reporter. Um and it's just the perfect introduction to both him, even though he never speaks and his attitude problems, and also to Albert and Rosie's relationship to him. Mm-hmm. And the beer for breakfast scene. <laughs> it's the most disgusting thing. He comes down, he's just dribbling beer down his face, and then he <laughs> lets out this loud, obnoxious belch, and all the women groan like he just came on their face. (laughs) And it really set up him as being that Elvis guy that he was supposed to be. Yeah, I agree. That's, well, maybe I just don't like Elvis then, because it was... It was so well done that, and I get why they did it. It is to like build him up as who he is and like let you actually see him as a person. But I, that's why I hated him was because he was that person. Well, I think John Mulaney, the comedian, says something about Mick Jagger along those lines, where it's just like, if you had spent the past 40 years with everyone giving you everything you wanted all the time, you'd be an asshole too. Yeah, and I feel bad for him because he gets attacked by, by these girls at some point and just the constant yells in his face can't be fun. I mean, I feel like from far away or from like the an outside point of view, you're like, oh, poor him. He's got a bunch of girls and guys ready to suck his dick at any time. But at the same time, I can't imagine how obnoxious it would have to be to get just screams in your face every time you leave the house. Speaking of the scream... Ursula, Mm. Kim's best friend. I loved her. She (laughs) was insane and high energy and loud, and she made ridiculous faces the entire time and stared directly into the camera, but somehow (laughs) in a really charming way where it's just like, oh, Kim needs her. Kim needs her badly because Kim has no personality. (laughs) I yeah I wished we had more of Ursula through the entire movie and we have a good amount of her but I just wanted her to be in every scene because she was hilarious yeah and they used her very well in the ways they did use her they did I love when they're sitting outside of the house singing the song for however many times 400 something or not like 4,000 however many it is I can't remember the number um and the other two girls are so tired and they're ready to go home and he she's like well that's tough we we made an like we promised that we were gonna do it or whatever and so we're gonna do it and that one girl's that poor girl's voice is all raspy because she's been singing the whole time (laughs) but she's just like nope we're gonna stay out here I love the scene when they're in the diner and they're singing the title song bye bye birdie and Ursula is just 
like climbing on the table talking about how horny she is. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's ridiculous and it really does show the difference between where the teenagers in this town are and the parents where they're like, How dare you say puberty in front of your own father? And then <laughs> she's just like, I'm horny, I'm a savage beast, I wanna rip his clothes off. <laughs> yeah. I had a I had a weird moment because you know the movie had just st- started and I was just like I don't know what to expect of this let's see what this is all going to be and then I'm like wait I'm sorry did she just talk about how horny she is or did I mishear something because that was a really like shocking moment I think to me because I wasn't expecting it to be that type of movie I thought it was supposed to be like they really were like goody goody girls you know well, she's also the one at the end who wants to have an orgy though so I yes. think she's just the horniest <laughs> person hey hey no judgments <laughs> hey if Conrad had picked her all I'm saying is he might have had a better night yeah I agree <laughs> the thing too is like I, Conrad was basically just like okay you were the one I was supposed to kiss I've been staying at your house all right fine you're pretending you're like all grown up and shit and I want to get laid so let's just do this you know it wasn't like I picked you specifically it was just like you're here so well and that's a difficult situation though because he does know I'm pretty sure that she's underage and don't sleep with underage girls it's bad don't do it um But then she's sitting there like, I insist on being treated as a grown woman. And also people go to the ice house when they want to fuck. Do you want to go to the ice house with me? And then they get there and she seems horrified that he intends to sleep with her. And it's like, what did you think you were inviting him for? You knew what you were inviting him for, to fuck. And it's cool to change your mind. You have every right to do it. But don't act like you're surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was... I don't even know what to call her. She was that... I feel like every movie has that one girl, or most a lot of movies do, um, that's just supposed to be, like, a good girl, you know? And then she's just like, oh, but I want to have sex, and I'm going to have sex because I want to, and you can't stop me. And then the second the guy actually wants to have sex with her, she's like, but what? No, I can't. I'm such a good girl. I would never have sex before marriage. And she's like, but you just said. And I agree with you. Like, yeah, don't fuck underage people girls or guys but yes um like she her surprise was stupid <laughs> like you knew I what you they, were taking they set it up very well though from the beginning even from the well I'll call you Doris and then reverting back to mommy mm-hmm. she was trying to be a grown woman she was trying to be older than she was because she got pinned and she thought oh well I'm cool as shit now I'm a grown-ass woman Mm-hmm. except inside she knew she wasn't she wasn't ready for it she wasn't but she was really trying to portray that and to be that and she was kind of doing the fake it till you make it and she just never was able to get to that point yeah yeah well we've talked a lot about it did you say that she's the character you dislike most yes was ursula your favorite character oh uh, no may is my favorite oh okay um, my favorite is Rosie, and I'm going to use that as a transition so we can talk a little bit about Albert and Rosie. She was a badass, I think, for most of the movie anyway. I had one point where I was just like, okay. <laughs> but um, other than that, I really, really liked her from the beginning till the end. Plus, that's Vanessa Williams, right? That's her name. <laughs> it is. I don't want to say wrong actor actress names. Um, I loved Vanessa Williams growing up, and like everything I had seen her in was 
amazing for me. I don't know why. I can't really like sit here and say she's my favorite actress and I love every single movie she's been in, but everything I've I had seen her in was enjoyable and I can't believe I didn't know about this based on that. Um but yeah, Rosie was cool. <laughs> um and I'll talk about the one time that I didn't think she was. And I'm going to say this before I talk about Albert. I'm so surprised that Jason Alexander could sing so well. I am not because I've seen him in the Cinderella musical too. Um, (laughs) And it's so good. He's so good in all musicals. Um, Albert is not, but Jason Alexander is. Bad hairpiece. Don't do the hairpiece. Yeah, it was really bad. It was constantly on his forehead and I kept wanting to like push it off of his face. Just like, please stop. If they would have just had a joke in there where it actually fell off at some point, it would have been completely fine, but no. And it would have made sense for the character to be balding. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, Albert was a piece of shit. Um, Mm -hmm. I I disliked him. I, I don't think I ever fully hated him except for one scene. Um, But he was just like it was mama's boy to an extent that was annoying that was creepy and awful yeah and the way he treated Rosie from the beginning was so annoying too oh and speaking of the beginning the um whatever aspirin or whatever it is that he wants cut in half for him Mm. like dude not only are you a grown-ass man and you can take a full aspirin but at least don't ask somebody else to cut it in half for you if you're only gonna take half yeah you can do that but she's his secretary and apparently that's what secretary's jobs were apparently Apparently they were to do everything for you (laughs) i think they miscast slightly Because as much as I loved both of them in the roles, Vanessa Williams and Jason Alexander, in the original, Albert was freaking Dick Van Dyke. The original movie, of course, Uh the musical. And in that time period, Dick Van Dyke was like the hot guy. He was the Zac Efron of his time, basically, (laughs) where it's just like everybody was just like, ugh. So it would make sense. I think you just... um proved how old we are by the way because I'm not sure if Zac Efron is the hot guy of today even okay then Noah Centennial <laughs> uh, I don't even know who that is shit uh, the guy from all of the Netflix movies oh, okay <laughs> anyway go ahead okay um he was the it guy of that time so it would make sense that a beautiful woman would wait eight years trying to get him to propose. It does not make sense that Vanessa Williams is sitting around for eight years on this fat, balding, neurotic mess who does not appreciate her. Yeah. If he had been Dick Van Dyke, she would have waited eight years. (laughs) But not... I'm not saying that a Jason Alexander can't get a Vanessa Williams, but he has to have a better personality than that to do it. Yeah, I agree. I I agree. It is slightly miscast in that way. How uh, miscasted? Um, but I'm so glad that it was Jason Alexander because even though I hated Albert, I loved him. <laughs> I liked the what did I ever see in 
when you said you like the what did I ever see in him I liked the alternate version of what did I ever see in her when he was just like I'm bloated. My tongue is coated. Wait, that rhymes. I still have my <laughs> gift. And it's like, no one's going to listen to that, baby. <laughs> yeah. He was trying so hard in that song to just be like, I don't need her. I'm fine. I'm going to be just fine while he's like taking 50 pills and squeezing toothpaste out of the tube and like feeling sick and sitting there going, yeah, she's gorgeous and she's smart and she's this and she's that. And yeah, but I don't need her. She's <laughs> too tall, and she didn't even know what tortillas were. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think I think the tall thing was funny. He said, like, one inch too tall or something like that. Yeah. It's like, yes, that's what you're concerned about, I'm sure. Now, he should have lost her when he left with the dancer, the tap dancer, Gloria Rasputin. Yes, that was it's- the scene in which I hated him the most. Yeah, because the rest of it might have just been, like, that mother was borderline abusive to him, and people don't turn out well. Like, that's some Norman Bates shit. Yeah. But it was ridiculous that he was sitting there letting that happen in front of his girlfriend of eight years to just be sitting there flirting with another woman. And letting her seduce him and then walking away with her and telling his current girlfriend to type some releases. Yeah. It's gross. It really was. Speaking of gross, though, they're acting like it's so sexy that she blew bubbles with her gum on his mouth. There was (laughs) nothing sensual about that. She might as well have just dragged her finger over her tongue, picked some of the gunk out between her teeth, and then rubbed it on his mouth. It's it's so disgusting. Like, don't share bubble gum. Don't. I agree. Yeah, it was really gross. gross. And I don't think anything about this woman was gross. Like, she had a nice, I mean, not gross, uh, sexy. Like, I'm not even saying, like, the way she looked or anything. She had a really great body and all that. But, like, she did the splits, and then she was just like, yeah, just give me a second. Can you guys help me up really slowly? Like, that's not sexy, though. You just did the splits and almost broke yourself. (laughs) Like, how is this a sexy girl you know I could have watched an entire movie just about her misadventures trying to break into show business though (laughs) because she was so adorable and so charming but it was clear that she was picked because she resembled the mother and also gross yep yeah because especially because it worked on Albert Uh uh-huh yeah yeah I breastfeed your kid till he's four (laughs) and then pull his head to your bosom when he's 39 um that scene led to why I started to not respect Rosie as much because okay I'm gonna talk about my favorite my other favorite or one of my favorite songs it's not my favorite song I already did that but um I think it was just called Spanish Rose when Rose goes to that bar and it's just like, yeah, fuck everything. I'm going to dance and drink and have a great time. And all these guys are going to want me. And it's going to be amazing. I can do whatever I want. And then Albert calls her and, like, sings all this shit to her about how, like, I love you and whatever. And she almost gives in. And then I was almost disappointed there. And then she, like, says, fuck you, basically. She didn't say that, but basically. And then hangs up on him. I was so proud of that. And then she just, like, he doesn't even apologize to her. Not really. 
And she's already forgiven him when they're going to, like, save Conrad. And I, I hated that because they didn't even really give us a reason that she would just be like, okay, fine. You know, like, I love you and I'm going to be with you. I forgive you. I think he apologizes later and tells her for the first time in eight years that she he loves her when they're at the train station towards the end of the movie. But that's after she's already forgiven him. And I hated that she forgave him for no reason. That was that made me like like her a little less. So did I. There should have had to have been at least something more said mm. than what he did say. Yeah. Spanish Rose is an interesting one because on one hand, it is a very fun song. On mm. the other hand, it is very, very, very full of Hispanic stereotypes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And to you know what? It was 1995. Okay. We're okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I think it was written in the 60s. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a little racist-ish. Um, but I feel like that's why I like movies of the 90s. Here's where I sound like an asshole. But like we weren't super sensitive. It was one of those things where it was just like, and I know this was written before, but the fact that it could have been remade in the 90s not to say that it was successful by any means but that it w- wouldn't have gotten shit for it in the 90s whereas if they tried to pull that shit now it would just be like all over the place about how awful it is and like it's just like it's not meant to harm anybody it's just a fun song and it's supposed to be i almost found it to be basically like haha this is what white people think about like Latino people and it's obviously not true and we're calling that out I couldn't even tell if she was really Latina throughout most of the movie or like supposed to be oh yeah Rose was um they even changed her name to make it more obvious that she was oh okay like Alvarez or something right yes (laughs) yeah um but yeah I loved that and also I loved do you remember, you probably do because you've seen this movie a hundred times, um, the guy in the bar with the glasses, the short, nerdy-looking guy. There's like yeah. four of them, I think. That nerdy one. I loved him, and I cannot explain why. He was like a nobody character in the movie, but I loved him, and I wanted him back all of the time. He was the best. And then they had that one part where, I think it was the phone call part, when they all like do like a lower pitched uh, repetition of, I don't remember what the line is. Um, and he does the like really low voice. And I was like, oh shit, unexpected. That's even better. Yeah, <laughs> he I get was it. like, yeah, he was like the nerdiest guy ever. And yet he was like the ballsiest guy with her, first of all. And second of all, nice voice, dude. So I, I loved him. I wanted him in the whole movie. I want to see a whole movie of him. No, actually, I don't, but because they would have ruined it. But but he was great. I wanted that scene to end there, though. They literally did a six-minute-long dance break where Rose belly dances for an entire room full of Shriners right after that bar scene. <laughs> yeah. It's a very long movie. I could lose that entire scene and uh-huh. just be happy. I also just was... Not only was I, was it like, okay, this could have been a much shorter scene if it had to be in the movie at all, um, but also like the part where she's attacking them and dragging them under the table 
I didn't get it. I didn't understand why we needed that. Like, it was clear already that they were drooling all over her and would do anything she said, essentially. And for her to go in there and be like, oh, men only, huh? I'm, that's exactly what I want. And then it's just like, okay, so you're just going to belly dance and stick your head into their crotches. And what are you gaining from this? You know, like, I think that's a good question. What is the movie gaining from that scene? What is the narrative structure of this movie gaining from that? Because it had no point to anything. She had already forgiven Albert. She made it clear, like, well, if I ever married him, this is what I'd do. So she's still thinking about marrying him. Hmm. So it's just like, how about you just go home? You don't need to, like, grind on five other guys' dicks. You've already forgiven him. Just go home. I know what the point was. Do you want to know what the point was? Vanessa Williams went, wow, I really want to dance. (laughs) Yeah, and the world got to see her ass, basically. Isn't that reason enough? (laughs) Now, Um, I think that's a really bad part for Albert, too, because even after everything, when he finally stands up to his mother and he's, like, going out to find a rose and he yells, I love her and I want her back. But really, he doesn't. He's in over his head because of the things she set up where Hugo messed up Conrad's performance. And he Mm. can't handle his own mess and he needs her to handle it. It's not that he wants her back. It's that he needs her back to help him. I agree. Yeah, I never felt like Albert cared for Rosie more than um, maybe as a secretary in the way where it's just like, I need you. So I care about you because you're really smart and you make my life easier. So just please don't leave me. Yeah. And eventually by the end, they sold it. But for the first part of the movie, I didn't see it from him. Yeah. I agree. Now, I want to talk about one last kiss because Kim's <laughs> dad, Harry... It's one of his best scenes in the entire movie. (laughs) Yeah. George Wentz is funny without needing to do a whole lot to be funny. He raises his voice, he makes faces, and he's funny. Yeah. And it's the whole trope of, you can't touch my daughter, I'll be sitting outside with a shotgun. He (laughs) spends the entire song stopping Conrad from kissing Kim, butting his face in, like moving her and standing there running out and the production team constantly dragging him off and then just falling to the floor and rolling away the second the camera cuts (laughs) back because they can't get caught was one of the funniest scenes in the movie I agree it was so good (laughs) I, I loved him in general I loved Harry um I thought he was really funny I love the like sitting in front of the the TV and clearly this is a show he enjoys watching and he's just sitting there with no reaction at all to things that are supposed to be funny that are happening on TV and he just is staring at the TV like he's dead. <laughs> it's so well, good. The show choice was great too because it's father knows best and the entire point of this the show that they're watching is oh well, my dad's never gonna let me go. Well I'll ask him but he's gonna say no. Uh, yeah. And oh. that is the movie. <laughs> yeah. And and the the son too. I don't remember his name, but Randolph. I love that little boy. What is it? Randolph. Randolph. 
he was not only an adorable kid, but also I love that he was constantly like, dad, here, I'm here for you. And I respect you. And I love you. And the dad was like, oh, you're a kid who needs your respect. I don't care if I have your respect. When two seconds before that, he's like, all I want from my kids is respect. <laughs> that kid, I felt bad for him. But also he was so not bothered by it at all. He was constantly just like, yeah, that's just how my dad is. I'm just always going to be there for him anyway. Here's my BB gun, dad. <laughs> yeah, their scenes together were great. It was very yeah. funny and well written. Yeah. Um, Harry had my second favorite quote in the entire movie. Ooh, what was it? Um, they're talking about why Conrad is sleeping in so late. And Harry goes, yeah, I'm sure he's very tired from moving his hips. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's such a dad thing to say. It really is. <laughs> what was your first favorite quote? Um, when the girls are sitting around the table talking about Conrad going to the army right before they sing the Bye Bye Birdie song, mm-hmm. one they're, they're saying, well, what would you say to him as he goes into the army? And one of the girls dreamily goes, how about have fun in the army? And another <laughs> girl very upset is like, but I don't think they do. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. not just the delivery, but <sighs> the earnestness of that of I don't think they have fun in the army. It's like, oh, yeah. sweetie. It was adorable. I think those girls in general were constantly adorable. In the like, yes, I believe it. You guys are 17-year-olds who have a huge crush on a celebrity and you're just so dumb and cute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what uh, was your favorite? I had a hard time find refinding my favorite quote. Um Either way, I found a second one because it was they were both from May. I just couldn't remember which scene the other one I was thinking of was, but it was very similar to this one. Um, when they're at the train station when she's just arrived and Albert is trying to tell her that he's going to like basically close down the company, she gets all upset and stuff. And she says she's talking about how she'll take the bus or the whatever the train or whatever back home and then she goes wait a minute how many blocks is it after all only 107 I'll walk and I'm just like you're so dramatic and I love it so much I feel like that's something I would say just like oh it's only 50 miles from here that's fine I'll just walk it's not a big deal it's I'm just gonna die halfway anyway but the original the one that I wanted was and you'll probably remember this she's talking about when she's dead how you sh- like he's she's like Albert don't even get don't even pay for a limo don't bother with that I'll I'll just walk to my funeral or whatever something like that do you remember that or did I make that yes up? Uh, no it that, happened right? I believe right before the mother doesn't matter anymore song okay I somehow skipped around and missed it the second time I went back to find the quote, but I love that one even more than the 107 miles of walking um, because she's like, oh, I'll be dead. Don't buy, bother buying me a limo. I'll just walk. <laughs> like, you're and she so... only wants one word written on her tombstone, Albert's mother. <laughs> one word, yep. She was so hilarious and I hated her so much. And yet she was like my favorite part of the movie, basically. Well, I think what sold it really well from her is not only that it was manipulative at times, but sometimes it seemed completely and totally genuine. When mm. she gives him the money she saved on a taxi, it was like, buy some candy with it. <laughs> and he's 40. <laughs> yep. 
And then also before she says that she's going to, or after she says she'll walk uh, home at the train station, she says all these things like she, like he is a little kid still like, oh, um, here, keep the money inside the, like in your inside pocket and be careful and take care of yourself and eat a hot lunch. And I'm like, is he seven? Like, what are you doing? What the hell is all of this? Yeah, exactly. I do want to go back to one more thing, though. Um, because it was early on in the movie. I don't think it was Ursula. And I can't remember for sure now, but I don't think it was Ursula. When they're at the train station and there's that girl, it's before Conrad is supposed to get there and they're like practicing their song. No, and these are, this is a different town. Different it's an okay, entire yeah. group of girls, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that one girl who's really, really sad because she's going to be too old when Conrad gets out of the army. So he, there's no way he's going to want her. I love that, by the way. It's just like, I'm not worried about him in the army or him dying, possibly. I'm worried that oh. when he gets out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be dead. I'm going to be too old. That's not what I got of it. You were saying that you think that she's thinking he wouldn't be attracted to her. I thought yeah. she was thinking, I will have outgrown Conrad Birdie by then. Oh. I wonder which it is because I like Albert. Just like reaction- if the Care Bears went into the army and then you turn 16, you know? <laughs> Well, I thought it was that, especially because Albert's reaction is like, well, you still have a few good years in you or something like that. So I thought he was like going, oh, you're being so stupid because you're like 17. There's no way you're going to be so old that a guy's not going to want you. Maybe. Either way, doesn't matter. My point wasn't that I loved that the most, but the, the performance of put on a happy face that they have was... Uh, for multiple reasons was probably my favorite scene in the entire movie and a scene that I would happily go back and rewatch even if I wasn't rewatching the whole movie because Jason Alexander performs it beautifully and his ridiculous faces and his like movements and stuff it just so good and then she does a good job with kind of mimicking him and stuff like that and this song I had forgotten but I've taken one vocals class in college my entire life just one and that was one of the songs I had to perform and I never would have remembered that it was that song if it weren't for this movie and so there was like a nostalgia there too and like I don't know it just it made me so fucking happy to see that now that must be who that scene was for then because I think (laughs) that it didn't need to be in the movie at all I think that I compare it to the dance with the Shriners where mm. it completely broke the entire flow of the movie. I think it took too long to happen. Mm. I think it kind of stalled everything out. I think if they would have cut both of those scenes out, it could have come in at slightly under two hours and been a better movie. I agree that it didn't really make any sense. There was no reason for it. I don't know why it was there. I like It was very much like, okay, so what? But don't you dare cut my song out. <laughs> I loved it. It made me so happy. (laughs) I usually just skip it because I don't feel like it enhances anything and it just kind of grinds the action to a screeching halt. I I think it would be really good if it was just a side thing that they did, these characters did for the movie. It like and it what if it wasn't in the movie, it was just like a a thing I could watch on YouTube separately. I would have been just as happy, but I don't want it to not exist. I just I do agree with you that it has no place in the movie at all. It doesn't make any sense there. And it has nothing to do with the actors that were involved. They did a great job. But mm-hmm. narratively, it did not go. I agree. Um 
the sincere dance was <laughs> wonderful. So, yep. Not only it because really- of how overdramatically they sold everything, but there's literally a point where a girl attaches herself to Conrad's leg while he is <laughs> dancing, and he basically wiggles his nuts on her face until she lets go. <laughs> And yep. every time he, like, bangs his hips from side to side, people are just humping the air. <laughs> yeah. Like, all of these people, you're expected to believe that this is, like, their Pleasantville first time I saw color sexual awakening. Yeah. They, that was basically the orgy scene. It was. <laughs> a, a, a very PG-13 version of, um an orgy I guess it was really good he I think Conrad who's the I don't know the actor's name and you might have already said it but whoever it is that plays Conrad Birdie did such a good job in the role I didn't say it I don't have it written down but he really did yeah he did a great job I wasn't at all attracted to him at any point even when he was wiggling his hips but I understood people being attracted to him and it it was it was just really funny watching him just knock people out with his thrusts. <laughs> I was attracted to him, but you also know my top five guys from media that I've been attracted to of all time, and they're yes. all the worst. They really are. Yeah, don't don't be fooled, people out there listening. She has the worst taste in men. <laughs> We will get there. Eventually, one of us will pick the movie, and I'll have to tell you uh. who my, <laughs> like, my cartoon husband is, and you'll never respect me again, I promise you. Now, it's true. I respect her. <laughs> never respected me. I think the funny thing about this movie is that while everybody is so horny, it starts off with that whole thing of, like, oh, Kim and Hugo got pinned. Isn't it so cute? <laughs> Yeah. And like I'm a bachelor fan. And the idea that anyone is this upset that they're steady is like pet kissing a celebrity <laughs> is just the most foreign idea in the world. But this is supposed to take place in the sixties. And it's just like, <laughs> oh you remember when that used to mean something? <laughs> yeah. That song was good too, by the way, the one boy. I thought that was a fun song. Especially it- when she like she goes see I'm gonna say his name and it's not even I'm not like it's not even gonna bother me or whatever and she says his name and then she passes out I'm like oh no and then she comes to and starts singing the song again like nothing happened yeah my favorite part of that was after she passes out her two friends both give Hugo that like oops smile (laughs) yeah poor Hugo I didn't I didn't necessarily like him he was annoying and needy but also I kind of adored him when he goes to the bar and the guy's like, how old are you? And he's like, 34 or whatever. And then he's like kicking him out and he's like, well, I'm never going to do my drinking here again. I love him so much in that scene. I also yeah. at times felt like he was going to end up having a crush on Rosie. Mm-hmm. But it never happened. Well, oh, and the bike scene was great where she he she's sitting sideways on the bike when he's riding it and then they cut back to them and she's the one riding it and he's sitting sideways on it. It was so it was cute. very cute. Yeah. Now, I'll say this about Hugo. I didn't particularly like him at certain times, but mm-hmm. I do think that it's kind of understandable that he reacted the way he did 
because it's clear that the pin meant a lot to him. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like asking someone to be your exclusive girlfriend and then finding out that they're going to kiss a guy the next day. Yeah. I can understand that you might not find that to be acceptable and that mm-hmm. you might react poorly. Yeah. Now, I will say this. In the original movie, basically, he does not save Kim from getting groped by Conrad Birdie, and then she realizes how great he is and, like, gets him back. He punches Conrad Birdie on the Ed Sullivan show, and she gets all horned up about it and is basically like, you win me. It's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Wow. That, I mean, I feel like that's kind of not not the like you punched him so you win me thing but like that basically was what it was it was like oh you came to rescue me from this guy who was only doing what I basically wanted him to do because I brought him here and it's not like she said hey I changed my mind I'm not ready she literally didn't say she didn't want it she didn't really like stop him until he showed up, basically, at the end there. And then he just, she just got up. Um, yeah, she was very clearly uncomfortable, but she yeah. didn't say anything, didn't... Now, I will say that that's a very big thing in the 60s, though, where the woman waits for a fist fight or a motorcycle race or <laughs> something like yeah. that, and then goes, oh, you won the motorcycle race, and therefore... <laughs> I like, belong to you now! <laughs> Yeah, so it makes sense that it was that way in the original, but I'm glad they changed it into something of her actually appreciating something he did that wasn't just, like, me men, me hit person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I and I was on Hugo's side on the whole, like, if you, like, he even said, like, okay, clearly this didn't mean anything to you. You're just going to go off and kiss somebody else. And she was just like, what? No, you're my steady. It's you I care about. He's just a fling and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, no, no, though. He just gave you the chance to say, you're right. I don't actually like you. And I made a mistake when I accepted your pin. I'm sorry, you know? And she, like, just led him on. And that was really shitty. That, I think that was a... I didn't really, like, care one way or the other about Kim through the whole movie, but that part of it made me really hate her. It's not cool. Don't lead people She wanted to have her cake and eat it, too, basically. Yeah. Yep. Well, hey, see, we found a movie where I really disliked one female character and really liked another female character. Actually, I also liked Ursula. My Uh, least favorite was a female character, so I think you're proud of me, I hate women now. Yay! (laughs) To be to be very clear, I don't hate women. Neither does she. We no. hate some women. I you am know, women. He does. You are surprising. <laughs> um. Anyway, what did you rate this? What is your final rating? I gave it a sixty-seven. Oh shit! <laughs> now I have watched this movie a billion times, and especially when I'm really bored or I have a time when it's just like. I really need to kill some time and I don't have anything else to do. I love watching it. I love most of the songs and the performances. I liked the cast. I liked the rewrites from the 1963 version. But the scenes that don't work really don't work. Some of the scenes that are in it stall the pacing a lot and it can drag at times. Hmm. I'm so shocked at our ratings. 
I agree with you. Just because I picked it doesn't mean I'm going to give it a high rating. I have some (laughs) shitty movies on my list. Bring it. Well, okay, but see, here's the thing. I gave it an 85%. How? (laughs) How? (laughs) Um, I don't know. I thought (sighs) the songs were really, really good, and I enjoy singing, especially songs from musicals, so I definitely want to go back and watch it just so I can learn all the words to these and just memorize them and sit they're singing all day um I thought what was funny in the movie was really funny and worth watching again and okay I've only seen this movie once um so it's possible that if I watch it once or twice more after this that I'll just be like yeah okay my rating has lowered but I think it's also because I went in thinking this was going to be a terrible movie that I was not going to enjoy and then there was so much that I enjoyed about it so I was really surprised Um, I do think that I would probably skip through a lot of, not all, but a lot of the non-singing scenes and even some of the songs, but there was nothing, like, I was sitting here going, what did I hate about this movie? And it was like, okay, it was a little too long. There were some scenes that were unnecessary, and I didn't like May, but also I loved May. That's it. That's all I could think of for not liking this movie, basically. So I'm glad I got to introduce it to you. I am too. Thank you. I'll never watch the original though. <laughs> oh yeah, don't. Um, and Margaret can't say the word birdie. She calls uh, him Burhe the entire time. Oh my. <laughs> that would probably annoy me. <laughs> well, look at that surprise though. I would have expected her ratings to go the complete opposite. <laughs> well. You never know. And as I said, just because I pick a movie doesn't mean I love the movie. It just means I want to talk about the movie. Mm, Okay. Maybe one of these days I'll pick a movie like that, too. (laughs) I don't think I have yet. (laughs) Maybe it'll be the next one, because next time you have picked 10 Things I Hate About You from 1999, starring Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger. And we are stuck in the 90s for the rest of our lives. (laughs) all right guys thank you for listening and don't forget to check us out on social media we are on instagram at millennials at the movies twitter millennials atm and my personal twitter is ami that's a-m-i underscore movies and mine is cantaloupe underscore eyes like the fruit see you guys next time bye